to be able to do something like this, a lot of people don't realize how much time consuming it is through study, through prayer to get the mind of God, to make sure you're picking up what the Lord is directing. Uh, for a 30 or 35-minute lesson, there's hours upon hours. And Rick can tell you what I'm talking about involved in just doing something 30 or 40 minutes um, to do it uh, do it proper and do it right. Uh, and um, spiritual warfare, the conflict between light uh, and darkness, and uh, this um, study series, we're going to be considering this. What is the cause of sin? And what gives us the tendency to desire things? Now think about this. What is it that gives us the tendency to desire things that are wrong and against the will of God? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, there have been times in my life that I've stepped out and I've done something that I knew it was wrong when I was doing it. They don't need to beat around the bush about it. Amen. I mean, you know... Uh, uh, you might fool this one or that one, but we don't fool God. God knows us. God knows me better than I know myself. You know, and we can hide certain things from certain people, but you cannot hide from God. He's everywhere. Amen. And uh, there are times that we do things that are wrong, do things that are not right, when we know that before we do it. But but we want to talk about why we do that, what makes uh, that, what gives us the desire to do things that are wrong and against the will of God. And in the opening lesson, we're going to cover the source of all sin, wickedness, and evil, which is Satan himself. He's the source of it all. Now, any military officer will affirm that it is wise and often imperative to study the history, the character, and the strategies and capabilities of your enemy before you engage him in battle. Amen. I mean, gosh, a, a football coach does that when they know they've got a big game coming up with another team. They're sitting there, watch hours upon hours of the team that you're going to be playing, and they, and they watch. Ain't that right? And uh, if we... You know, the Bible tells us that we, uh, we shouldn't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Let me tell you something. Satan hates you, and he's only got one desire, and that's to destroy you. He wants to destroy your home, your marriage, your life, and most and finally your soul. Now, as we get into the lesson, you're going to figure out why and more uh, uh, why that is, uh, that is the case. We need to um, uh, understand most Christians, they get over-informed about the armor of God. Everybody's always talking about the army of God, armor of God. But we get ill-informed about the enemy himself. Now, this segment of the series that I've titled Satan, the Enemy of Your Soul, His Past, Present, and Future, well, we'll only get part of his past tonight. Uh, due to time constraints. Now, I've designed it to answer these questions. Uh, these are some of the questions that we want to answer as we get along in this lesson. 
What was Satan like before he became evil? Who was Lucifer and what does Lucifer mean? How did Lucifer become Satan? What was Satan's sin? When did Satan sin? Has Satan been defeated? Do demons actually exist? What does the future hold for Satan? And where does the Bible teach these things? Now, this, these are just a few of the things in the coming, coming weeks we're going to be dealing, uh, dealing with. Uh, our opening scripture is found in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, and many of you can quote it. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, it's sad, but, you know, a lot of people don't even believe there's a personality called the devil today. And there's actually a lot of churches, a lot of preachers don't believe it. But the Word of God is full, telling us all about Satan. Amen. Uh, that song Kessie used to sing, she ain't sung in a while, um, uh, uh, talks about Jesus and, oh, he's, he's alive because I just talked to him this morning. Uh, what, what's that song? Re- I Know My Redeemer Lives. You're going to have to get that song on a CD. Is it? All right, all right, okay. You we we're gonna have to do that. But she says, I, you know, I know he's alive. I just talked to him this morning. Well, guess what? I know the devil's real. I just got through fighting a battle with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah, sinner. man, brother Sammy, you look pretty rough, man. That black eye shining. I said, yeah, but you ought to see him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because the Bible says, greater is he within you than he that's within the world. Amen. The key to what a lot of people don't understand, yes, and I'm jumping way ahead of myself, the devil has already been defeated. He does, he, the devil wins against us more by using deception. That's his greatest tool is deception. But he's like a roaring lion. The Bible calls Satan our adversary. And that he walks about seeking someone to devour. But who is this adversary of our soul? Where did he come from? And what compels him to fight against God and his children? We must travel back in time before the dawn of human history to attempt to investigate and discover what the Scriptures have to say about these questions. So, tonight, we're going to be dealing with Satan's past. Um, I uh, found this picture. I was thankful on the Internet that I was able to put on. But uh, Satan is a fallen angel. Uh, You can't see it good on here. You may be able to see the top corner of it on the right side, but there's there's a sword of light laying there in front of him, broken in two. 
that he used to to hold. And um, so this is what we're going to be talking about. Now, there's so much about God, the Bible, and the whole nature of life that we finite beings cannot begin to grasp. And I want, I want everybody to understand this before, before I get started. As Apostle Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. And the subject matter we're about to embark on qualifies for one of those mysteries we will not be able to fully unravel until that who is perfect shall come. Until then, I for one will have to wonder how an angelic being full of beauty and light standing in the presence of holiness was able to give birth to something evil and hideous which would become known as sin and fall from his state of glory and become the ruler of, and the, of a dominion of darkness and destruction. How in the world was that possible? Uh, an angel in heaven uh, before the foundation of the world. Uh, I'm going to tell you right off, I don't have the answer to that question. I don't know how that became possible. I don't know how he was able to give birth to sin, became the father of sin, and, uh, and, um, and, and all of that. And I'm not going to be found guilty of conjuring up some kind of theoretical answer which can't be substantiated by the Scripture. But we do know he fell. Amen. How he was able to do that and how it come about, we might not be able to understand that. We, better not, we might not be able to find things in the Bible that tell us that, but we do know, Brother Kenneth, he fell. Uh, and the Bible gives us some clues and some things to let us know uh, what sprung up about that. Amen. We know he fell, and that, that fall forever changed the course of the whole, not just world, but the universe. It changed the course of the universe. Now, Jesus told his disciples this found in Luke chapter 10, verse 18. Now, he had sent his disciples out to go out and preach and to heal the sick. And they came back all excited and said, Lord, man, even, even the devils, the demons, he says, they got, a, they got a flea when we command them to. You know, they was all excited about healing the sick and doing all that stuff. And Jesus, this is what Jesus told them. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I was there. What? He said he was there. When it happened. That right there, that one verse alone lets you know that there was such thing as a pre-existent Christ. Jesus didn't just start in Bethlehem. Amen? He was a long time before Bethlehem. Hallelujah. He told his disciples, Brother Paul, he said, I saw him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I saw him when he fell. When he fell. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Satan's past. There was a fall. Sometime in eons past, 
long before Adam was formed from the dust of the earth, there was a war in heaven. And the cause of that war would be the precedent of every war, every war fought thereafter. The attempted uh, uh, takeover of power. All wars ever fought has to do with power and control. Amen. It's all about power and control. Somebody or some nation trying to have power and control over another nation. Amen. And that was where the first war was in heaven. It was over power and control. Amen. And uh, we're going to be getting to scriptures about this just um, uh, uh, in, in just a little bit. Now, uh, you may be surprised to know that not everything in the book of Revelation talks about future. Amen. There are some instant replays in the book of Revelation of past struggles to better understand future events. Amen. And um, and we're gonna we're going to um, we're going to talk about one. Um, I don't have. Um, I don't have that scripture. I don't have it up here. If you got your Bible, uh, you want to turn with me to Revelation chapter twelve, um, verses seven and nine. I apologize. I thought I had this one on my screen, but I, I didn't um, get it on there. Revelation chapter twelve, verses seven through nine says, "And war broke out in heaven." Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, and they did not prevail, nor was place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. I was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Hallelujah. There was a war that took place, a battle. Satan was not the only one cast out, but there was a group of angels. Anybody remember how many? A third. Exactly right. Now you might understand where demons come from. Amen. Right, right. There, let me and let me uh, let me say this, and we'll we'll break this down more later. Get to it tonight. But God created millions upon billions of angelic beings, and basically they were divided. In three groups, each group with an archangel. Michael, who is mentioned here, he's the archangel of war. He's the angels that, that God sends to you when you're fighting a battle and you're having trouble, and God, uh, Michael, uh, dispatch an angel to your aid who will fight for you. Hallelujah, Amen. 
He's the one. He's the one mentioned in the book of Daniel. Amen. Uh, there, there's, there's. We can't see. There's another dimension beside this one we're at. It's a spiritual dimension, and there's constant war and battles going on in the spirit world all the time. We can't see it with our natural eye. Uh, to give you, to let you know that I ain't off in left field here. I didn't. I didn't think about this, so I don't have it up there. But in the Old Testament, the old prophet had an enemy, a king. And uh, they woke up one morning, and the prophet's servant came running into him. He says, what are we going to do? He says, the army's all gathered out around us. Anybody remember what, what the story I'm talking about? Huh? Right, Elisha. And uh, Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. And, and God allowed Elisha's servant spiritual eyes to open, and he saw, man, millions of angels. There'd be more for us than there are for them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want you to know something. God's got your back. God's got your back. I read the book that uh, Billy Graham put out many years ago entitled Angels. And um, we're, since we're talking about angels, fallen angels, I, uh, I'm not going to get all this done tonight anyway, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to relate this story to you. I've told, you, I've told it before, uh, but it's been, it's been a while. There was a missionary that went over to a to a foreign land. Uh, I believe I don't know if it was in the Amazon or if it was down in Africa back in the 1800s. You know what I'm going to talk about, Brother Paul. These people never had seen white folks before, and uh, they went to to minister and teach them about Christ. And one night, they could hear in the distance the drums starting to beat. And he looked out their little hut. And just at the edge of the forest around them, they could see uh, they were all standing out, ready to attack, had their spears. And uh, those drums beat on into the wee hours of the morning. Oh, missionary and his wife just prayed. That was one night they didn't get much sleep. Uh, I wouldn't get much sleep myself. Uh, but finally, the drum stopped, and uh, they they fell off to sleep. Nothing was ever nothing ever said about it. They started bringing people to the Lord. People getting saved. Those natives and baptized them. To finally one day he looked up and the old chief came in. Typical. A bone through his nose. Hey, I saw somebody in the mall like that the other day. <laughs> Glory to God. And uh that old chief, that old chief got baptized and uh 
he asked him, he says, he says, you know, months ago, not long after we first got here, one night we could hear the war drums and we, we could see y'all standing in the shadows. He says, he said, Chief, what kept y'all from attacking and coming in? Because they done heard stories before. I mean, you know, they've been other missionaries killed. And, um, and that chief said, well, there's something I've been wanting to ask you. He said, what's that? He said, where's all them seven-foot-tall soldiers you had? He said, what's seven-foot-tall? He says, when they was waiting on me to give the word to go forward, he says, I looked, and standing all around the small cottage where you and your wife was, was men dressed in white holding swords in their hand at least seven-foot-tall. I'm going to tell you, folks, God's got your back. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that angels are all around those who serve God. I mean, I, we can't see them because we can't see in the spirit world, but there are angelic beings in this building with us right now. Amen. My Lord, hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So this war broke out. And it was Satan, and, uh, and he fell. Now, the prophet Isaiah used uh, the king of Babylon as a type of Satan when he fell from his original state. And, uh, and this tells a little bit more about it, and this is the one what actually I put up a few minutes ago. Isaiah chapter 14, uh, verses 12 through 15. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? You're going to find some things out if you don't already know about Satan. Satan originally was one of the prettiest angels created. He was right next to, close to the Son of God himself. O Lucifer, how thou fallen from heaven, O son of the morning? How you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, now this right here lets you know what happened to him. You have said in your heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, that's the Hebrew name for hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. Pride came up in him. One day I, I didn't finish what I was saying about the angels. Michael is old, was a warrior. He's known as a warrior. Gabriel is an archangel. He's a messenger angel. When God wants to send messages, remember, he, he's the one that God, God sent to Elizabeth and, uh, and Mary and, uh, uh, and all that. Satan was an archangel. He was over the angels that led the worship in heaven. And we're going to find out more about that next week and about music and everything. Uh, and um, how 
music originated in heaven, you know, and the devil kind of perverted it. Amen. So there were three archangels. A third of them fell with the devil. And uh, so the best thing I can tell you about this is telling we don't have to worry about it because God's angels got the devil's out, angels outnumbered two to one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I tell you what, I'm, I, I, feel, I feel something in this. So how you fall from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Um, and he let pride get in. Pride is the root of every sin that's committed. Uh, having sat and counseled couples down through the years and, and marriages that on the verge of divorce or, or got divorced or whatever they had to do uh, uh, with uh, adultery, uh, you find that even that has to do with pride because somewhere down deep inside we get to thinking and the devil begins to whispering in your ear, hey, have you ever took a look at yourself? You can do better than what you got. Prideful. Huh? You can do better than this. See, that's how the, that's how the devil whispers things in us, in, in, into our mind, you know. And uh, pride is the root of the very first sin that was cre- uh, that was committed. It wasn't it wasn't committed on the earth. It, that come later. It created in in the heavens before Adam came along, and it started in the heart of an archangel by the name of Lucifer, the son of the morning. And we're going to talk more about him next week. I'm not going to go no further and get into depth because I don't really have time. I want to take my time as I go on this because, I, like I said, I, um, I, I, I feel this is such an important thing because we're all time having to fight battles, and it's a spiritual warfare. And once, once you make up your mind you want to try to live for the Lord, uh, Brother Paul, the devil is going to unleash everything he's got on you. I'm going to tell you something. Your finance problems that you can't figure out why in the world you can't get ahead. It's, uh, now, I, I, I know that, uh, that Congress and the President has somewhat to do with some of that stuff, but I'm going to tell you what, the devil gets behind some of that stuff too. The Bible says he comes to try to wear you out. He'll jump on you and fight you through your finances, through your family. Amen. Sometimes you can be hurt more through your family, through those that you love more than anybody else. Amen. Amen. And it's the way that the devil's got the battle because he hates you. He wants to see you destroyed. Amen. The Bible said, and this, we, we used this scripture last week sometime or another, but the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the three works of the devil, to steal, to kill, and destroy. And any way he can wipe you out. He, he, he is a cause of a lot of illness and sickness in people's lives. Amen. He's the very cause of it. We don't realize how much an adversary the devil is to us. Anyway, 
he can hurt you. Because what he's at, his, his chief aim is to get you to give up your faith in God. Remember 9-11? Some of the atheists begin to say, where was God at when those 3,000-something people were killed? Why did God allow that to happen? I'll tell you now, like I stood and told the church, the Sunday after it took place back back then, the Twin Towers. I did a little study on the Twin Towers and the people that worked there. And do you know in the Twin Towers there was a total of over 50,000 people that had their daily jobs there? Now, I know it's, it's terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to lessen nothing. 3,000 lost their life. But some kind of way, God protected the majority if there was over 50,000 people. And you've heard some of the stories. Some of them, things happened that kept them from getting to work on time, to being there. Amen. And let me say this in my closing part. Next time you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you make a wrong turn and you, and you, and you, and you, and you start, man... How dumb can I get? What am I doing? I know better than this. Maybe God's protecting you. God caused, maybe God caused that. There could have been an accident waiting for you. You don't never know. We don't realize how many times God has saved our life that we don't know anything about. Hallelujah. Has anybody got any comments about our lesson up to this point for tonight? Enoch, yes. He was, yeah, well, yeah, he, he was in heaven. He was an archangel. He was one of the three chief angels. You got, you got, you had Lucifer, you had Gabriel, and you had Michael. Three of them. They was closest to God than, than all the, there were billions of angels, and they were, them, them three were, were right there. They were, they was his, they was his right hand men. Um, I, you, you may be able to find a book on Enoch. Now, for some of you that maybe don't know Enoch, if you go back in the book uh, of Genesis, uh, Enoch is, there's two men in the Bible, and only two, that went to heaven without having to die. Enoch was one. Somebody tell me the other one. Besides you, Rick. <laughs> Elijah. Amen. The Bible said Enoch, he was the seventh. He he was the seventh generation from Adam, and uh, the Bible said he walked with God, and was not for God took him. In the New Testament, it said he left the testimony behind that he pleased God. Enoch got so close to God that the the world was so wicked at that time, it was unimaginable, uh, and um, and God basically God God took him. To save him for the, for the from the flood that was coming, I feel like that's now that's my opinion. That's my opinion. He um, he had a plan for knowing his family uh, and all that. But uh, but anyway, you, the, you you might be able to check some of the Christian bookstores. There might be some books about Enoch's life. I don't know. The Bible don't talk a whole lot about him. Just a little bit in Genesis, and then a little a little bit in the New Testament. Anybody else? Yes. All right.
Yeah. There is. Fall, right. Find out in Proverbs. That's Proverbs, eh? Yeah. Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. That's good. That's what happened to the devil. That's how, that's what, that's how, that's how he, he was turned into Satan and the devil because of his pride. And there was a war. He tried to overthrow God. He wanted to take God's place. Right. We're going to get more involved. We're not through with this past yet. I want to talk to you next week about some of the things that caused him to, to build up his pride, his beauty, uh, and about the music that he had, how he, how he led the worship in heaven. That's one reason why he hates Christian people today so much because, do you know, we take the, we take the devil's place. We do now today what the devil used to do when we come to church and we begin to worship God and sing praises unto God. You know, we're, t- we're taking Satan's play. That's one reason why he hates us so much. You know, you know. But All right, let's everybody stand. Again, I appreciate you being here. Uh, we hope and pray that you have a blessed rest of the week. And, uh, and we will be uh, back Sunday. Let me remind you that this is the day's the first, so that means this coming Monday is what? No, this coming Monday is our monthly <laughs> our monthly prayer meeting. Uh, the men the men meet in prayer here. The ladies in the fellowship hall. That's Monday night when we come together for a monthly uh, a monthly prayer. Uh, let's see. Uh, that that was that was your first service, wasn't it? <laughs> Glory! See how important monthly prayer is. Last last month was his first first time. Uh, <laughs> so praise God. So that uh, that started, and then his past Sunday, of course, he got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So. Look, looking forward to prayer time. Hallelujah. All right. All right. None of us can't get too much prayer. All right. Hallelujah. Praise God.